The hurricane is coming. You can feel it in the air. Anxiety starts to build. Pressure mounts. What is your plan of action? How will you navigate the storm? That's how it feels when you encounter a challenging supply chain crosswind. You seek to find the eye of the hurricane. That is where we live. Dunavent. Logistically speaking, we're at the center of it all. This program is brought to you by Dunavant. With more than 60 years of experience in logistics innovation, Dunavant is a family-owned business that has the knowledge to ensure global and domestic shipping practices are efficient and effective. Dunavant generates supply chain proficiency with outstanding, attentive, and expedient customer service. For more information, visit Dunavant.com. Good afternoon and happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to yet another episode of Great Quarter Gals. Flying solo on this one after my adventure out to San Diego for the TIA conference. I'm your host, Kaylee Nix, and we are missing my partner in crime, Gray Sharkey, but that's okay because we've got still just an absolutely great episode set up for you guys. We've got our first live guest so far for Great Quarter Gals that we're having in studio. We're going to have Melzi Wilson here from Denevent. And we're talking all a little bit about what to do to kind of handle the unexpectedness. We all know right now we're sitting on kind of the precipice of an unknown time, it feels like. And we're going to kind of go through the ways that you can react to the changing freight markets, what you should be doing to anticipate the changes that are coming in the market, and really how to handle everything in, in between. And Dunavent is also our sponsor for April. So thank that, let's thank them for the work that they're doing to sponsor our show here at Great Quarter Gals. And as we get into today, before we get into our live guest with Melzi, we're going to talk a little bit about my experience at the TIA conference in San Diego, because not only was it an experience bringing together brokers and the intermediaries in the association for the first time in person in three years, 2019 was the last time that they had had this conference. It was also a really huge opportunity for the TIA to highlight the women in the industry and what they're doing to really succeed and lead the freight industry forward. So let's go ahead and take a look at what happened at the TIA conference. First things first, we started off the second day of the conference. Technically, this was Thursday with a great keynote speech from Melissa Arnott, who is an amazing leading lady in the mountain climbing and alpinist world. And following that, we got the introduction of the TIA's Distinguished Woman in Logistics Award. This award is super special to the group there. It's a partnership between both the TIA and the Women in Trucking Association, sponsored by truckstop.com. So this is the picture of Kendra Tucker, who is the brand new CEO over at truckstop.com giving that award away. And those three, there were four candidates this year for that award, all just absolutely top-notch nominees. Those four candidates were Leanne Coulter, who's the Vice President of Freight Management over at Penske Logistics, Kim Littlejohn, who serves as the Senior Vice President and the Chief Information Officer for USA Truck. She's in a really unique position as both a woman in leadership position on the freight side and also in the technology side. Erin Gaddis, who is the Chief Human Resources Officer over at ArcBest, and Nicole Glenn, who is the founder, CEO, and president over at Candor Expedite. The winners for this event, or the winner for this award this year, was Nicole Glenn. And Ellen Boya, who is the CEO and president of the Women in Trucking Association, 
said that they were just absolutely floored in the judging process because every single one of those nominees was within two points of each other when it came to the nomination process and that judging process as well. But Nicole Glenn ended up walking away with the winner of the year. So it's great to see that. We actually had an episode with Nicole here on Great Quarter Gals a couple weeks ago, more towards the end of February. So you can head to tv.freightwaves.com. Check that one out if you missed it. Following that award presentation on the Thursday morning of the TIA, we actually got to get together with all of the women who were attendants in the conference. And I'm going to say probably almost 100, 100 plus women in this room attended the Women in Logistics Lunch. And as we did so, we actually got to get a little bit deeper with Kim Littlejohn and with Leanne Coulter from, um, from USA Truck and from Penske Logistics as well. This was a session that is sponsored by the TIA. It's called Continuing to Climb. It's a Continuing to Climb series. And what's, what this does is it's a single quarter session that highlights ladies in leadership and freight, kind of like our goal is to do here on Great Quarter Gals, and really just talks about how they continue to elevate themselves in their own journey and elevate others in the industry as they get ready to get in as well. Really, the point that hit home from Leanne and from Kim's comments was that while there's a lot of space for us in the industry still, we still have to be doing the work to provide both a safe space and also a proliferative space for women in the industry. It doesn't do enough for us just to be here. We've also got to do the work to make sure that we can succeed here and thrive here as a whole. So with that, we also have some comments from CEO and president of the TIA, Ann Ranke. I got to catch up with her on the exhibition floor, talking a little bit about what it means for everybody to be back in person once again. These are her thoughts on some of the learning lab sessions. They had over 70 learning lab sessions. Let's check it out. There's this thirst for knowledge. I mean, our industry is so pragmatic, but they also want to improve. Mm -hmm. And so it seems to me that they, the only complaint I've heard about the sessions is there's so many that they want to go to that they can't go to all of them. Um, and for me, seeing the turnout, people have told me in the past that it was like having a big family reunion. Mm -hmm. And that's how it feels. It just feels like people are like, how can I, how can I help you? How can you improve? What can I do to help? And I love that attitude. So that giant family reunion was attended by over 1,400 attendees pushing record status for the TIA. And TIA chairman of the board, Mike Riccio, said that it was pretty much the most exciting thing that he's done in the last few years coming out of COVID and moving into this in-person conference. So I'll be posting some highlights from that conference all throughout this week on my LinkedIn, on our social pages. You can also catch some of those highlights as well from some of those companies on the exhibit floor. Find them on FreightWaves now, kind of sprinkled in throughout the week. It's time now to welcome our live guest here with us today. We've got Mel Z. Wilson. I'm so excited to have somebody in studio <laughs> with me. I've been talking to Grace through the screen for now, man, going on three and a half months of us doing this show. So Mel Z, thank you for making the trip to thank Chattanooga. You. It's great to have you. Let's talk a little bit about what Dunavant does, what your guys' role is, and what you do for them. Okay. So I am Vice President of Global Logistics. Um, I have operations in Memphis, where we're headquartered. I also am over our mobile operations, as well as Shenzhen, China. So you guys kind of have your foot in the door, really, in every sector of the logistics yes. space. Let's talk a little <laughs> bit about it. Everything from intermodal, ocean air, asset-based, asset, -based, asset yeah. light. You got I it mean, all. We're all, we're all over the board. <laughs> if, if you need it, we got it. <laughs> we're, we have uh, asset-based with trucking company warehousing. We have non-asset-based such as intermodal drayage uh, services. 
uh, trucking, FTL, LCL. We have import, export, customs brokerage, NVO, Air Freight. And we're so happy to see the success we're having with our cross-border Mexico operations that recently it's, it's thriving. It's, it's amazing how, how the need is and how we're addressing the needs of our clients. So diversification is kind of the name of the game now when it comes to building and maintaining a successful Mm -hmm. company, right? If you're not diverse in what you offer your client base, if you're not looking for ways to grow and become diverse, you're going to find yourself kind of being left behind the curve and becoming obsolete. Let's talk about what it means for you guys to have so many different sectors and really how this Mm -hmm. kind of sets you guys Mm -hmm. apart as a company. Well, one thing that's uh, really come to light, especially with the pandemic, in the supply chain, no two supply chains are alike. Mm-hmm. You know, your clients, whether there's a shipper or the importer or the exporter, they all have specific needs and you have to address those. So when you have some fluidity or some, you're agile in your approach with the client, you have to depend upon the asset and the non-asset and then partners. You know, many of us partner with other companies, other service providers in order to be uh, the strength for our clients. A lot of companies and a lot of the word that we've used to describe these last two years has been unprecedented. Yes. Right? We've never seen a time in the freight markets where it's been so volatile. We've never mm-hmm. seen so much pressure coming from all of these different points on every sector of the supply chain. Do you think that unprecedented is a good way to describe this? And have you ever seen anything similar? Obviously not the same set right. of circumstances, but the right. same kind of circumstances that lead to the same kind of outcome. Right. Last year, we were prepping for uh, a paper to present to Congress and in networking on the Hill in D.C. And one thing that uh, we came across in, in the archives was uh, a, a one that we had put together in 2015. Mm-hmm. We thought then it was bad. <laughs> we thought then that we had, uh, you know, the infrastructure was was challenging, that the trucking shortage was awful, that demurrage was was out of sight. And one of the quotes in there, it says that uh, an importer has complained that they had paid over $100,000 in demurrage. That is nothing compared to what we see today. People are paying in the millions of dollars a year mm-hmm. for, um, you know, demurrage and detention. It's, it's unreal. So with this unexpectedness, there's kind of this need to be flexible in yes. what you can offer. Your right. clients, if you're somewhere in that intermediary space or, or in the, the contract space mm-hmm. or the, the client networking space, I guess you would say. But there's also a need to be flexible if you're a shipper. There's a need to be yes. flexible if you're a carrier as well, especially as the market kind of swings back into the favor right. of the shippers. Right. Can you talk a little bit about how to handle some of these ex- unexpected events, right. whether that comes on a global scale like shutdowns and China mm-hmm. once again, when it mm-hmm. comes on more of a day-to-day unexpected right. scale. So as we look at the at our ports now, let's look at ocean, ocean inbound. Right now, we know that the uh, ILW is going through or starting mm-hmm. their contract negotiations. So everybody's concerned. So especially on the West Coast, you know, people are going into Canada, going into Mexico. So we're looking at those opportunities, but with with a change and going off the West Coast, everyone else is doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So you have congestion in Canada, you have congestion in uh, Houston. So what we're looking at doing is off- offering other opportunities. Have you tried Mexico? Oh, I wouldn't go into Mexico. 
try it. We've got us, we've got the solution. So that's the thing is, is hearing those individual needs mm-hmm. of the clients and then stepping back and going, okay, here are your options. These are proven options. They work for others. They may not work for you, but maybe a hybrid. You right. know, other clients are saying, I don't care how you get it into the U.S., just, just get, get it, it there. there. <laughs> just get it there. <laughs> I love that you provide that perspective of kind of the flexibility for your client. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's really interesting when you're talking about them saying, you know what? No, no, no. We don't want that presenting the alternative option. Right. How do you go about having those conversations with your clients? When you get told that no that first time that we don't want to take that opportunity, what type of steps do you tell them or what, what type mm-hmm. of persuasion techniques I would well, say would you use to say, you know what? Maybe give this a shot. You know, I, I think when we, when clients that, um, we have now and clients we're seeing coming by referrals only. I mean, it's daily engagement that clients are coming to us or potential clients going, you solved the problem for X company. Mm -hmm. Can you do something similar for us? So I think it goes with, you know, we're very a family oriented company. And with that, we, we have that trust, that relationship we try to build with our clients, not just as a client, but as a a family member, Mm -hmm. you know, and that, that, is what we have to do in order to to have that trust that they have in us, that we have their back. You know, we have their back. I love that. So let's get a little bit into kind of that family nature that you mentioned about mm-hmm. the company as a whole. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your journey and your story. How long have you been with them and how did you get into your role of global operations? Well, uh, initially I have been in the business for, I have to say it now, I've been just saying over 30 years, but it's, been, <laughs> it's 35 years. I've Which been is in the an business. amazing, yeah. amazing in and of itself. Yes. So I've been in the business 35 years and I've had such a an honor to work with a lot of family-owned companies throughout my career. Um, uh, the vast majority of my career was with uh, Mallory Alexander. Mm -hmm. And with Mallory, I had the opportunity. I got in at the right time. So as they grew as a company, I had the opportunity and the flexibility and support of management to grow with it. So I I always laugh and say I reinvented myself a a, a lot of different times just to support the ever-changing role the company was going through. And then I had an opportunity to get on with a bigger family-owned company, Federal Express, uh, to work with FedEx Trade Networks and their customs brokerage. And with that, I had the opportunity to work with some of the largest importers in the U.S., as well as uh, get some fine-tuning FedEx, Mr. Smith started years ago Mm -hmm. with a quality-driven management platform. And with that platform, it kind of similar to Six Sigma, Lean, a little bit of combination of both, but it really puts structure to your process and your way of thinking. And then I had, I was at a wedding, ran into an old friend in the business, and uh, she said, I'm looking for somebody like you. We started talking and it's, it is really my dream job. And, uh, just working with incredible people. Uh, Chrissy Geibel, our COO has really built a great team of professionals of where, uh, we've all had great successes in our career. And our one motivation right now is to make the company great and support our clients as well as most importantly, support our team members. 
so of course, kind of the feature, the focus of great quarter gals here is of course the strong females in leadership, right? And speaking to you, someone who's been in the industry for 35 years, as you mentioned, Mm -hmm. that's not an easy thing to do. No, it's not. And it definitely was not an easy thing to get into 35 years ago. Correct. Your entrance into the industry, what was that like? And how have you grown both as someone, a professional in the industry and then as a woman into your role as well? Well, I grew up in the Mississippi Delta and I love the Mississippi Delta. It's my home. It's my heart. (laughs) But as a woman, I didn't see a lot of opportunity. So I packed my Firebird with everything I owned and took off to Atlanta. And uh, that's where I was able, I had the fortune to start with a company called Rogers and Brown. Very strong women leadership. The branch manager was a female, as well as the import and export managers were both females. And so they really took me under their wing and gave me a great deal of support and challenged me to be a better person. I watched the next generation of gals getting into the industry. And, you know, I'm 25. Yeah. I've been in freight with freight waves for a year and a half. Oh, now, my so word. I've been I'm in fresh. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm fresh into the industry. And being in that room at TIA with over 100 women yeah. in the industry was just absolutely incredibly inspiring to me. And I begged the question of some of those folks there, you know, is it's all on us personally to get the next generation into the industry and yes. also to develop them professionally. Yes. And I think that it's it's a company onus, but it's also a personal right. onus and a personal responsibility yes. to us. Can you talk a little bit about your thoughts on developing women into the industry from kind of their fledgling, get yourself in to senior leadership? Yeah, you know, they say that saying what the world is your oyster mm-hmm. supply chain. You know, there wasn't a word such as supply chain or or a platform in the educational field. You learned it by the school of hard knocks. Right. You know, you made a mistake, you learn not to do it again. Uh, but there's so many universities and community colleges, as well as, you know, not everybody's cut out for college. Mm-hmm. So we have had the opportunity to get people straight out of high school and be able to mentor them and see them grow up in the business, as well as work with interns. I just uh, hired full time a young gentleman that is an intern with us. And we just did a job offer yesterday to another intern. So take those opportunities to work with with companies that really are focused on growth and people and you supporting each other. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's it's the one size does not fit all of no. for getting into the industry. And I think in logistics and supply chain, it is so unique because we have that opportunity where, yes, your education is important, but sometimes your experience can be just as valuable. Right. It is. It really is. And it's like uh, anytime I, I know in our organization, you know, um, uh, I told Chrissy the other day, one of my team members said, Chrissy's been so great. She sat down and she explained something to me. But, you know, that's what you have to have from leadership on down, that type of engagement to where, you know, I've got all the time in the world for you. Absolutely. So some of your goals for the future and your position and really for Donovan as a whole entire company, can you talk, tell, talk to me a little bit about those? Oh, wow. Uh, I have so many goals. Uh, <laughs> in fact, I think I over-goal myself. But, Same, but I'm most, of that. Yes. <laughs> but I think it's for my team. I want to see the growth of my team members. I've got, I've really got a great level of uh, management up under me as well as the team. And I want to see them grow in the business. I want them, when I first came on board and as I bring new people on board, what is your goal and aspiration? Mm-hmm. You may be doing something that, it's a job, but I don't want it to be just a job. Right. I want you to have the same enjoyment I do because I found my dream job. Yeah. So 
Uh, and there's some people that after a period of time, we're going to make some changes because of the fact that they want to go in a different career path with Donovan. And that makes me proud that we have that flexibility in the company because we're going through such a huge growth. That leadership mentality is pretty unique. Was it, Do you think that that was something that was taught to you at some point during your career? Or is it something that you were just kind of ingrained with interpersonally? Uh, I think it's twofold. Uh, one is the fact that my mom and dad raised us to where, you know, in business early. I remember in the, being in the sixth grade and and going and to sitting with the bank president to open up a checking account or to get a loan for 4-H, mm-hmm. you know, or little things like that and be included in decision making in our household. Uh, and then to where I am today, you know, Creasy is has a leadership uh within Donovan that we always exchange ideas. We're supporting each other. You know, um, if I have an opportunity that's going to work better with Johnny and his team, reach out to Johnny. Johnny, okay, we need you on this call. But it's 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 a camaraderie. It's mm-hmm. a true support where you feel a lot of self-growth, even though you're helping others. Do you find any challenge or any pressure, stigma from being a woman in leadership, a woman who grew up in the South, was born in the Mississippi Delta, decided to get out and, you know, chase a dream no matter what that was. Do you feel yeah. kind of any pressure, stigma to to do really a good job and almost prove yourself? Yes, I think uh, it was more so in the earlier years, but with experience comes credibility. Right. You know, and I'm also I don't just have my my work job that gives me a paycheck. I'm very involved <laughs> with the National Customs Brokers and Freight Forwarders of America and getting involved with that as in the early years of my leadership um, with companies. Uh, I had that opportunity to meet other women in the same path. In fact, um, we're there's a group we kind of self self named ourselves as the pink ladies mm-hmm. and we're all type a personalities very driven leaders in our own company but we come together we support each other and that was one of the greatest things that ever helped me was was being with those wonderful women and being involved with the organization as well as my own company companies I work for one of my goals is to hopefully be a source of inspiration to maybe some new ladies entering the industry, yes. some some ladies who want those career goals and aspirations and to bring on strong leaders like yourself to show them that there's an opportunity out there for yeah. everybody. If you had to give one piece of advice to women who are maybe in the beginnings of their career journey or want to make that next step but aren't quite sure what to do yeah. or how to change themselves to make that happen, what would you tell them? Oh, take every opportunity. Even if it's not the right opportunity, get your foot in the door. Mm. Be creative. Network. Go to local international uh, uh organizations. Go to uh, WIT is Women in International Trade. Mm-hmm. There's chapters of that all over the U.S. Get on LinkedIn. I, it's nothing for me to connect through someone on LinkedIn mm-hmm. that says, hi, I've been looking at your profile. Would you mind mentoring me or spending some time with me? And you will hear yes every single time. Last question. What do you think is the best part about working in this industry? Or what what's the, your favorite thing? What gets you out of bed in the morning? I love the ability to be creative and chaos and bring across <laughs> solutions. There's so many opportunities out there and, and I get bored very easily. Mm-hmm. So I, one thing for sure, I have not been bored in a long time. Not at least in the last <laughs> two and a half years, that's for sure. Yes, yes. <laughs> Calling the chaos is definitely something that I think that we all appreciate these days. If people maybe want to get in touch with you, learn some more about the Pink Ladies, learn some more about ladies yeah. and leadership overall, yeah. learn more about Donovan, where can they go to do that? 
You can hit me up on LinkedIn, Melzy Wilson. You can go on Facebook, which it's mostly social there. So, <laughs> but LinkedIn, but also, uh, you can contact me at Melzy, M-E-L-Z-I-E dot Wilson at Donovan.com. Love to read for you to reach out there you go and you guys are headquartered in memphis yes we are and you're there kind of at that crossroads of really great u.s trade it's it's oh yeah just an absolute hub before we let you go tell me a little bit about being in memphis and then how that helps the company wow uh donovan is such the central area of transportation and distribution Uh, we're all excited about uh the blue oval Mm -hmm. ford is opening up a plant outside of memphis so just the opportunities there we already have a footprint but the opportunities to have new footprints is incredible absolutely melzy well thank you so much for joining us on great quarter gals today great to have you again and you know what? If you're in Memphis, go check it out. Memphis, yeah. the Chamber of Commerce there is doing yes. this great thing called Memphis Moves. It's this initiative put on by the Greater Chamber. Yes. Just on their website today, really highlighting all of the amazing freight and logistics businesses that are headquartered in Memphis. Thinking about you guys, thinking about FedEx, thinking about the airport, which yes. is one of the top cargo airports mm-hmm. in the entire world. So definitely something worth looking out. Memphis is an absolute hub. And we'll be there maybe in a couple weeks. Yeah, come on. We'll have you. Show you, get, take you out for barbecue. There you go. Good Memphis barbecue. <laughs> I love to have it. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you guys for being here for this episode of Great Quarter Gals. As always, we are here every Tuesday afternoon at three o'clock. You can find us live streaming on tv.freightwaves.com. You can also find us live streaming on our Freightwaves TV LinkedIn and go check out episodes as well on that LinkedIn, on demand, on tv.freightwaves.com. You can also download our brand new FreightWaves app. You just to search FreightWaves News in your app store, both Android and on Apple, and you can get connected with myself, get connected there with Grace Sharkey, get connected with all of our community's riders. Speaking of getting connected, one thing that we love to do here at FreightWaves is, of course, virtual events leading up to our first in-person event, which we'll talk about in just a few minutes. Tomorrow, though, we've got our next live virtual event. You can head to live.freightwaves.com right now Get registered for that one. It's our Enterprise Fleet Summit. Our enterprise trucking expert, Thomas Wasson, has a huge footprint in this event. So he's going to be talking a little bit about what it takes to run an enterprise fleet, what it takes to keep one moving in times like this, and really just how the pandemic has impacted enterprise trucking as a whole. That event is free registration. Registration gets you in the drawing for our door prize tomorrow. That giveaway is a Yeti cooler on wheels. Definitely something that you want in your arsenal for your summer tailgate party. We're heading into that summer season. Check that out. Following that, we will have another live event before our future of supply chain event in Northwest Arkansas. Net Zero Carbon is coming up on Earth Day, Friday the 22nd. While you're there, get registered for our future of supply chain in Northwest Arkansas. Tickets are going fast. You don't want to miss it. Catch me on Twitter at KayleeNixWX. We'll see you guys next week at 3 o'clock. One, two, three.